Here, you wear the little one. Aw, <laughs> oh, it looks so cute. John went to change out of his work outfit. I'm drinking some herbal apple cider tea. I think I'm going to put some booze in it. That is a large bottle of bourbon. Yeah. I can barely lift this bottle. Mm. Like, I can barely wrap my hand around it. It's so fat. Thick. Uh-huh. Makes you look like a child drinking bourbon. Also, uh, uh, I'm just here for the booze. Oh, because there's booze in the cup. Well, because this episode is about booze. Gotcha. Welcome to the Sister Luna Psychic Services Podcast. This is your host. Wait, this? Do just I say introduce it? yourself first. Well, no. <laughs> uh, wait, this is not your host. This is your co-host. Hmm. John. The tiny hat makes it so much funnier. Do wait, do I have a a type? John. He's Brew, also in the room. Brew, yeah. <laughs> Brewmaster John. Okay. And I am joined yeah. by your host. Madeline Sister Luna Psychic Services Podcast. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Remember last episode we promised you it would always be bad? We're just here to stick to our promises. Mm-hmm. We're not the kind of people who say things and then don't do them, except for all the things we said we were going to do on the podcast and haven't done yet. I just one of the, did one of the classic bits of opening a can in the middle of you talking. I know. So can Mid-word. <laughs> yes. Not even between words where I can zoom in and try to find that really tall, pointy part on the recording. Hmm. Impossible. So we've got a different episode. For you. We have a different aesthetic right now. Yes. You can't see it because this is an audio medium, but it's happening, I promise. Well, we <laughs> we talked about doing it as the episode art, and so if we figured out how to do that, then um, you can look at it. You can look at it the whole time. You can stare at the picture. John's foot then... is all the way up on the island right now, <laughs> and I've snapped a photo for all of your enjoyment. <laughs> We're not in the usual space. We're in our kitchen right now. Double, double, boil and trouble. This is, yeah. But it's actually more like measure, pour, shake, like fuck, weight, and trouble. Mm. This is part nine of our 15-part series on Halloween. <laughs> Miss, uh, Maddie just threw a candy at me. I threw a fun size bag oh, of Swedish food. This is a different setup for the microphone as well, so John's, hopefully you're getting all of this. He's shouting from the other side of the house. Yeah. While lifting a bottle. But I'm shouting towards water. the microphone, not towards you. For the listeners, I'm literally standing right behind the microphone, so he's... She's standing two degrees away from the microphone as to where I was oriented. Right now, I'm very happy that I put bourbon in this tea. <laughs> okay. So we are brewing this week, and why are we brewing? Because I remembered that one of the explanations, possible explanations for the pointy witch hat is the alewife. Excuse me, did you just take that apart in order to knock part of it onto the floor? Sorry, we... The cat has developed opposable thumbs in order to fuck shit up better, I'm pretty sure. 
Um, I did neglect to mention that we are also joined by our producer, Wisp. In the microphone, sweetie. Good job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she produces, edits all the episodes. She does not, I does. edit the episodes. Okay, well, she, she does the foley, she does the sound effects. She bites is, me when I'm trying to edit the episodes. Yeah, she does the biting, <laughs> she does the knocking shit off counters, the meowing, the scratching at furniture Stop for sound it. effects. She also likes to scratch at the windows a lot. She did that on the episode of the full moon. We were like talking about full right. moons, and then she's looking out the window, just scratching at the glass with yeah. the full moon on the other side of it, like some kind of werewolf cat, were cat. I feel like she's gonna develop an appreciation for playing with fun-sized candy bars right now. Mm. Okay, back on topic. We are brewing not beer. We're brewing mead, but we're brewing because okay. Because of the conical hat, basically, right. kind of. Really, realistically, so, we're brewing because we like to do it, and it's fun, and then we're also making a podcast episode about it. To, In reality, we're just trying to find a thread to sew them together. To really pull back the curtain, I asked Maddie earlier today, why not do an episode about the hat? And she was like, well, that's about brewing. And I was like, well, let's brew something. And so this is actually probably going to be the episode where I have the most to contribute because I will be going through the brewing process live and Maddie will be talking about the witchy origins of brewing. So brewing specifically ale, but that's not what we're brewing because I do need because I am lazy. <laughs> yeah, isn't brewing ale pretty hard? Uh, not actually, like... I remember my dad used to try to brew not ale, but lager, and he really, like, struggled with it. He would always make... He would mm-hmm. make it, and then he would be like, this isn't right! And then he would drink it angrily, and he tried, like, a bunch of times and never seemed to be able to get it the way he wanted it to be. So th- this is actually a... It's kind of a weird thing based on people's perceptions of lagers and ales. Brewing a lager is much, much, much more difficult than brewing an ale. But we don't think of it that way because the most popular beers in the world, your Budweiser's, your Molson's, your... Coors. Uh, your Coors, yeah. Those are all lagers and people think of them as like pedestrian. And so they right. think that the process that goes into them is much more simple, but it's actually much more difficult um, because it is a cold brew. It is much more regulated. But the thing is, all of those companies have massive factories where they basically automate all of it. So it takes out a lot of the, the artistry. Mm. And that is typically well, like why when you go to, say, your your local microbrew, you're more likely to see a blonde ale than you would a lager. Because right. Because they do not have the capacity to, to do that. Actually, brew lager. Yeah. Okay, well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Too bad he was too dumb to figure out he should have just made a blonde ale instead of a lager. Yeah. Yeah. One of those smart, dumb people, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, there are multiple possible scholarly explanations for why witches in history were depicted wearing the pointy hat. 
One possible reasoning is that it, it centers around anti-Semitism, where Jewish people were forced to wear a pointed cap known as the Judenhat um, to identify them easily from other people, and they were accused of Satan worshipping and black magic and all kinds of stuff like crazy shit, obviously, during the rise of the Nazi regime? Is that what that would be? I mean, anti-Semitism was kind of like a rising trend basically since the the 19th century, but I guess it kind of predates that too in a lot of ways. I mean, certainly like the Egyptians were no fans of the Jews or the Roman Empire, and so... Goodness gracious. Yeah. They had a rough run for for a long time. I guess I don't know. I don't know when they were made to wear this Juden cap. So, but... Um, oh, just kidding. Wikipedia just helped me out here. It was in 1215. Is that right? It is Wikipedia, so you never know. Anyway, there's also potentially that it was anti-Quaker prejudice because, as you know, the Quaker hat is like a black brim hat. It doesn't, it's not pointed, I guess. So I don't feel like that's as strong of a comparison. But... Yet another hypothesis proposes that witch hats originated as alewife hats. Distinctive headgear worn by women who home-brewed beer for sale. According to this suggestion, these hats gained negative connotations when the brewing industry, dominated by men, accused alewives of selling diluted or tainted beer. In combination with the general suspicion that women with knowledge of herbology were working in an occult domain. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) The alewife hat could have become associated with witchcraft. So, based on photos of the hats, well, not photos, drawings, depictions of the hats, the alewife hat looks the most like the witch hat that you would expect. So, aesthetically, I feel like that's a good argument. However, I don't know how historically it, you know, measures up to the others. Is there a uh, is there a specific reason for the the alewives to wear this hat, or was it just like someone saw a cute fit and was like <laughs> got that? I'm sure there's a reason. Let's see. <laughs> well, they have one for sale on a website called DragonWings.net. Alewife hat for men. Oh, they also have alewife hat for ladies. This episode is sponsored by Drag. <laughs> Hail wife hat for men. Okay. <laughs> Retroactively, dragonwings.net, please send us money. Yeah. Yeah, send us ale wife hats. <laughs> hmm? Or money. I guess money's technically better. Put the money in the hat. Yes. Oh my god. Imagine if you got a package like today when we got that one package and the letter carrier just like, hucked it at the front door from halfway down our lawn, like a paperboy. And then inside it was a witch hat with, like, filled with money. That would be the best. (laughs) That's what we're asking for. That's exactly what we're asking for. Please do it. I don't know. All I can find is people trying to sell them. There's, like, a knitting pattern. 
Why? Yellow okay. hats, why? Huh? Tall, conical hats, known as hennen, were popular among noble European women in the late mid- Middle Ages as a way of showing off their power and influence. Oh, alewives adopted the style when brewing in marketplaces as a way to stand out in such a bustling area. So it's it's loud. It's a look. That's why they were doing it. <laughs> Look at me in my big old hat. I got some ale over here. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That's what they were doing. Okay. I assume they did that exact dance and made that jingle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's funny because you would think that there would be, you know, and I, I guess there probably is, but some enterprising hipster microbrew that would adopt that iconography. Yes. I would work there. You would. We can make it. We can do it. It can be our microbrew, our hipster microbrew. Yeah. We're the hipsters. Uh, Sister (laughs) Luna's witch brew. Remember that beer that turns me into a werewolf? If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to the episode about werewolves where there's apparently a beer that turns you into a werewolf. Sorry, I thought you were referring to one that turned me into a werewolf. Yeah, which one was that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey Ooh. only a cryptid got an ass like that <laughs> don't lie to me <laughs> so yeah it was I guess just a marketing technique and could be again and could be and will be again um, should I get into what we're doing what we're starting off with yeah tell us about the brew okay so Ah, I've gone through this process before, like teaching someone specifically, but we are making mead, which is a honey wine. Um, It is used in, I guess it is used still in traditional um, Nordic and Viking practices. So please go back to our previous episode about that. Um, It's called Fenrir Eats Nazis, folks. Yeah. We interview someone on it who's actually smart, so that's probably our best episode that we've ever done. It really is. Just just <laughs> stop this one and go to that. Yeah, don't listen to the rest of this. It's going to be... Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I was taught mead making by a... How would you describe Denis? Oh, he's a, he's a character. He, he is a character. He, he is, seems like he's always doing an impression of somebody else. Like yes. Some, <laughs> when you talk to him, you're like, this can't be your real personality. What kind of a bit are you doing? Can you do an impression of him? A loving impression? If you listen, yeah. Denis, Denis, we love you. Denis, you're an original. I would love it if Denis listened to our podcast. I would love it too. It would make me super happy. And then he would come and tell us about it and he would be... So he would, he would, you know, he would you know what he would actually say? He would, like, <laughs> he would come up to you and he would say, Madeline, I listened to your podcast and there was a lot of humorous stuff and I also learned a lot <laughs> and it was just wonderful. So true. And he'd be looking into your eyes the entire time yes. and you would just be like, your facial hair is like doing something and your voice is so interesting and you just be like captivated for a moment. <laughs> I wonder if we should bleep his name because I, I feel bad. Well, it's only a first name. You feel okay. bad? We can cut that whole part if you don't like it. Cut this part about me feeling bad. No, but 
Or don't. That was funny. <laughs> no, Janine is a wonderful, great person and a completely unique personality. And I probably wouldn't actually enjoy mead making if it was just like another booze hound that taught me. He mm. um, another booze hound, meaning you're one of the booze hounds. Sure. <laughs> I howl at booze. I or I have booze, and then like. My face turns in a wolf into a wolf when I see like a pretty lady, and my tongue rolls out. Your eyeballs like get long and stick out of your skull. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, Denis um, emphasized kind of the healing properties of, of mead because, as kind of anyone that's made a tincture before or anyone that really knows about uh, alcohol at all, is that it is a I guess you would call it a binding agent to medicines and herbs, and so that's why, like, literally any like prescription that you get says like, oh, don't have a, and it's it's funny because it's always a martini glass, so it's like don't have martinis with your depression pills, right? Um, because <laughs> it does make the effects of the whatever medicine is being delivered to your system that much stronger. Which, if that's not your intent, is a bad thing. But when you're, if you're making a mead for like social interactions or for kind of anything that you want to treat and you want to use it as a medicine, it is a very good and a very powerful thing. Well, I think the reason why, on like a bottle of pills versus an herbal remedy, it would say no martinis is because the pills are already like a uh, concentrated usually a combination of one or multiple plants but the compounds are so overly concentrated like chemically concentrated well okay so John's banging around in the cupboard because he's getting a pot and he's pouring some distilled water into it right now yeah Sorry, it occurred to me that we should ha have had this ingredient going already. Every um, sound you make <laughs> is recorded. I know, but like this, this is one that we should have had going already. Like I'll go through this process step by step, but this is one that I guess, yeah, if this is the first, one of the first steps. Okay, so your first steps is you got to get your ingredient. Yeah, gather all your ingredients before you start. Before, like before you start uh, making your mead or your podcast, have all your ingredients ready. He's putting the pot on the stove. He's turning it on to yeah. how much? Hi? Hi. Yeah, okay. I gotta boil that for about 10 minutes. Basically, like if you want a full rundown, there, you're on the internet, you can look it up. Or talk to your local... Vintner, Vintner, Vintner Supply, Winemaker, yeah, Vintner Supply Shop. There you can get all the ingredients that you'll need, barring like the actual honey. If you're sourcing honey, try to find a local beekeeper. Um, you do need unpasteurized honey. Um, they sell it at the cross. If you live in Calgary, they sell it at the Crossroads Farmers Market. Yeah, but like they, any any farmer's market that's like decently sized will have unpasteurized honey. 
Um, also, like, if you just can't get to that or, like, if the, you're living in a place where there aren't farmer's markets at the moment because COVID, hmm. Costco sells, like, a giant jug of un- unpasteurized honey. Oh. That's really, like, not bad. Or at least they do here. It's Kirkland Signature. It's fine. Hmm. We're, I'm, I'm a Costco fan. Yeah, John loves Costco. Last time I went in there, I almost got into like three fist fights. Yeah, you don't do, you don't, it's the trick with Costco is you throw in your, your headphones and you ignore fucking everyone. I feel like that woman behind me would have hit me with her cart if I had my headphones in and couldn't hear her yelling at me to move. (laughs) She was pretty mad. That's, that's the, the trick of headphones is you get to ignore people. Um, Maybe I'll yeah. just learn a really benign Latin phrase, like, I hope you have a fine day, and I'll just say that to people, and they'll think I'm cursing them, and they'll be really scared, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I'm really not. Right. The other ingredient that Maddie mentioned is we are using spring water. Um, this is also from Costco. It is the, again, if your Costco is like ours, it is the spring water in the green bottle. You want that for, it's like a buck more than the other one that they had there. But the container itself is BPA-free, which means you can just use the jug that the water comes in to brew your mead. We'll get to it later, but normally when I'm racking my mead, I'll rack from this into smaller one-gallon glass jugs. But this one itself is, I believe, like nearly four gallons. So it's good to do your initial brewing. What is racking? Are you going to talk about that later? I'll talk about that. Well, you just brought it up. Yeah. Okay, well, you have to keep listening or you never get to find out (laughs) unless you Google it right now. Um, Okay, so then the the first thing that I did is I put a... Basically, I I used some of the spring water to put a tea on. Um, It's a tea of rhodiola, which... That's a decoction, not a tea. I, Sorry, just we're going to be technical, and you got a practical herbalist over here. So Okay. John's got the herbs what is in the decoction? pot. <laughs> the difference between a tea and a decoction is a tea, you take an herb or tea leaves or whatever, put it into your cup, pour hot water on it, steep it. Tea. Hmm. Decoction, you take your herb or root, or whatever it is, put it into the pot with the water, boil the fuck out of it. Mm. (laughs) Decoction. So Mm. you are making a decoction right now. Okay. I guess technically the first thing I said, too, when I said that makes tea, it only makes tea, technically, if it's tea leaves that you're using. Otherwise, it's a tisane. Oh. But. Whatever. That's... Tisane in the membrane. Tisane, got no brain. <laughs> if somebody tells you, if you say, oh, I'm enjoying this herbal tea, and they say, that's a tisane, you can say, you're tisane in the membrane. To them, I would recommend it. Okay. I do that. I say bizarre, stupid jokes to people, and then they just stare at you and walk away. It's very effective. <laughs> the, other, the other thing about that is, for the listener at home, Maddie put her hands on her hips and did like a a sassy like hip flex. 
as she said, to save in the membrane. So do that as well, because yeah. it was very cool. I'm very good at that, like, elementary school style bullying. I got a lot of <laughs> practice. <laughs> um, so back on topic. Rhodiola is the active herb from our decoction for this mead. Um, this is one that I, I use a lot when I'm making mead, and I like it because it really doesn't have a bad flavor. It's got kind of a, how would you describe it? It's, it's almost like... Tastes like plants. Tastes like plants. <laughs> It's a little earthy. It's got a little bit of that like licorice flavor, but not, not as much as, not as if much it was as, actually yeah. licorice that you were oh, yeah, no, definitely or not. Just or yeah, just a tiny little bit. And so it is something that you can kind of like punch up with different herbs very easily. Um, without when, it, why are you using rhodiola? I am using rhodiola because rhodiola is a a root that is very good for like anti-anxiety. It's a very calming thing. And that is kind of the vibe I'm going for when uh, I'm having my feed, my mead is I want to, I was combining feed and, and, and mead. Vibe mead is, um, <laughs> Is I like to be able to chill out, share it with people, and, you know, use it as a social lubricant. Could you make weed mead? You could absolutely make weed mead. You could make weed mead, you can make mushroom mead, you can make... Uh, Holy fuck. That's a thing, though. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's a mead thing, but the combination of mead being used in Nordic spiritual practices or northern magic as we learned it's properly called remember we yeah. learned something from our own podcast guide um and then also the mushrooms i mean it's a different kind of mushroom but mm. the reindeer who eat the poison mushrooms right yeah it's like a christmas we could make a christmas mushroom <laughs> not that we will drugs right are yeah actually don't do drugs stay in school um but it. Well, yeah, no, and, and again, like that would be the. Crisis. I don't know about the legality of describing the process to make a, unless a drug decoction. <laughs> but as we're racking this into different bottles, we could make a bottle that we put in magic mushrooms. Should we have? Should we accidentally get some? In theory, and if that yeah. were like this is all hypothetical, right? Yeah, yeah. someone could do that. Um, as as they say, us. as they say on drug forums, someone who is not me mm -hmm. um, could do that. Could um, basically, as you're racking your mead into a different bottle, you throw the mushrooms in there, and the alcohol itself would extract the properties of that. Now, I don't think anyone should ever do that. <laughs> but it's it's illegal just to have them. But that is a thing that. Someone who is not me could do. Um, I find that funny, that phrasing. Someone who is not me could do this. Yeah. Because you're already saying could. Mm -hmm. It's You're implying almost that you are not capable of doing that. Well, yeah, no, because I'm incapable of doing illicit drugs. You don't have hands. 
you can make, you can pour the mushrooms yeah. into the thing. You don't yeah. have thumbs, you can't open the baggie. <laughs> Or whatever. Do you, do you know how hard it is to find someone that will sell you drugs? Literally, no one wants to do it. It's bad business. Yeah. 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 So. Except for the government. They love it. True. <laughs> and Big Pharma. They're all about that money. Yeah. All I want is money. Uh... The other thing, so the two things that I've been doing is making a, as a, to now making the decoction with the rhodiola and also melting my honey because honey, it can, I don't know the melting point, but generally for us, it's, it's in kind of a solidified form or like at least a, a potty form. Too damn cold here, folks. Exactly. And that's not, it doesn't, like, you can put it in as solid and it'll still ferment, but... It's easier to measure it if it's liquid. Yeah. Easier to measure, easier to pour is the big thing. I gotta say. So, um, from the the three-gallon jug, or three-and-a-half, whatever jug that we're using... Need to pour off basically as much honey as we're putting back in. Mm-hmm. As much volume of water as we're going to add honey. Yes. Yeah. Plus a little bit more because you do need about a fifth of your bottle to. And look this up because my information's wrong. <laughs> um, you do need about a fifth of your bottle to for the fermentation process because it does need. It'll basically bubble up. It'll expand. It is a chemical process that you're creating. Um, and so you do need blow that, up. that space. Otherwise, yeah, it'll blow up. <laughs> I had a bottle in my kitchen at our previous house that literally, it was a mistake after fermenting. I, I sealed it and thought it was only going to ferment a little bit more just to give it a like, nice fizz. Uh, the whole thing blew up. There were shards in the walls, and like one of my roommates thought the other one went on a rampage, and so they had to do a, a CSI to figure out what had happened. Okay, I didn't live there at the time that this happened. I just want to make that clear, and neither of the suspected roommates were me. My mom got John this really nice leather journal for his birthday, and she was going to write... The philosophy of me on the front page. But then she said that her handwriting is too messy and she told me to do it in like calligraphy letters and I never got around to it. Which is funny because my handwriting looks like me. Yours and my mom's handwriting looks very similar actually. I feel like that reflects poorly on her. (laughs) Like I'm from a different era where like... I know where everything is. Somehow it's cleaning this motherfucking place. It's on the floor. It must have been in this cupboard, though, Uh, and fell out. So if you are going to start brewing, it might be a fun idea, a useful idea, for you to start keeping a record of what ingredients you use, how you use them, how long you ferment for, and what the outcome is. And then you can learn from your own mistakes or... 
improve on recipes or make the ones that you really like over and over again if you want. I feel like this is kind of a look of the patch with the Lululemon joggers that I didn't buy from Lululemon because I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> and I would like to add that they already have a yoga witch. Yeah, a yoga witch. That's right. Maybe that's how I'll set my yoga practice apart when I become a teacher. I'll teach the whole class with a witch hat on. John seemed like he was going to strain the decoction, but then he decided not to. It means basically, because we had boiled it already, we do get a lot of the aspects of the rotary roller. But now it'll keep getting it through the... Well, you're doing a double extraction process now because you've done yeah. a hot water extraction you. and you're also going to do an alcohol extraction. Hmm. And if you actually know the specific compounds of the herb that you're using, sometimes certain compounds are only accessible through certain types of um, like depending on what you're using to extract. Some compounds are only available through um, using heat and like they're water soluble and others are only accessible through alcohol and even others yet are only, uh, you're only able to activate them through fat. Which is why when people make cava cava, medicine drinks sometimes they make eggnog because you can put coconut oil in it and it's delicious and extremely relaxing that's something to watch out for as well like if you actually are using herbal remedies that are already made if you're buying them at the store that going that route with your health and wellness takes a lot of rigorous research on your part unless you can afford to pay a professional herbalist to guide you in that pursuit because there are pro products on the market that say they have like their most important compounds are only fat soluble and yet the product is being packaged and sold in a tincture format for example where there's no fat present therefore those compounds are not going to be accessible to you. So it helps to know what specific aspect of the herb you are looking for medicinally and how you can get access to it. Another fun thing about mead is that the honey itself you are using has all of the aspects of the plant um, that are of the, the herbs or the flowers that... Um, basically went into making the honey in the first place. Um, as bees make the honey, as they get from the pollen, they really, like, it, they very strongly retain every single characteristic of that plant. And so honey itself can be a form of herbal medicine. Um, that is why, actually, if you have, like, allergies, if you eat local honey, your allergies will be lessened because you are... They're getting a purified form of the... He means hay fever, folks. Pollen allergy. A pollen allergy, yeah. It's like a... Um, it's like an anti-venom. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are actually using local honey. We're using local honey sourced from two different 
apiaries. Yep, that's right. Uh, the first of which is Eco Recycling Wildflower Honey. This one, I believe, is primarily clover, but there's also a berry plant that they use to specifically, like, specifically for this honey. I can't remember what it is, though. I think it's a weird berry that they, like, made in a lab. That's what Alex was telling me, yeah. Okay. It's an experimental berry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Not made in a lab like a mad site. Like, <laughs> like grafting different berries onto each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Not like GMO berries. Uh, the other one is also a, a local apiary. I cannot remember exactly the name, but it, I do know it's in Inglewood Calvary. I was just there on the ghost tour. Uh, this honey has previously been infused with ginger, which itself has a lot of herbals to take over. Medicinal properties. Including. Um, <laughs> it can help with essentially any digestive issue. However, if the digestive issue happens to be constipation, it will help, but there will be gripping. So... Anyway, it also is a circulatory stimulant, and it's peripheral in action, meaning that it starts at the appendages first, and then um, working toward the heart instead of the other way around, which makes it very useful for warming up during cold weather, because it's your hands, your extremities that get cold first, right? So, yeah. Whereas cayenne might be making you sweat before your hands even warm up, Ginger will have the opposite effect. This uh, honey is not totally melted. I see that. John's making a sticky mess. Mm. Tasty, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sticky, tasty mess. No, I see you've played knifey spoony before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right now, John has a funnel in the top of the um, Costco water jug, and it's full of honey. And the honey won't go, won't go down. Scared. Yeah. It's getting performance anxiety. It's like, guys, I didn't know we're going to be recording this. So we're just making a mead. I'm sure I'm forgetting some of the actions of ginger. I do remember mm. its Latin name, though. Remember we talked about that before, too, because you accused me. You said that you knew more Latin than I did. And I said, no, you don't, because mm. I know Latin plant names. Right. Zingabar officinalis. Zingabar? Zingabar. That does not sound Latin. Well, it is. Fish. Mm. I'm not saying I doubt you. I'm just saying that does not sound like Latin term. Well, I'm looking at my textbook right now, you guys. The honey's definitely all going down now, but it's, it's a slow process. Mm. But if you like watching kind of slow, I don't know. Not necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but calming action. Honey going into a, like slowly dripping into a thing, not that bad. <laughs> We're not gonna make this video, but when you do your mead, you could make a video of that. Post it on Instagram, you know, be like hashtag satisfying. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Okay. See? Zingabar officinale. Boom. Dried rhizomes and roots, which can be obtained in both root and powder form. 
The therapeutic action is to, it's a diffuse stimulant, it's antispasmatic, carminative, and diaphoretic, if taken hot. Diaphoretics always need to be taken hot. It means that they help you sweat. So if you have a fever, but you're not sweating, that's really bad. And so you can take diaphoretic and it will help your body sweat, which is what it needs to do when it has a fever. Obviously still monitor it to make sure it's not too high. And if you stop sweating, that's also bad. Probably need to go to like, urgent care. But otherwise you could just drink some ginger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, see, it says right here, it starts at the capillaries and works its way back to the heart via the venous structure. I've noticed a weird thing of, like, companies marketing their products as being, like, I don't know, anti, anti-inflammatory, anti-flu, antibacterial, and mm-hmm. then suggesting that, like, oh, yeah, this, this will kill the COVID. Like, it'll help you fight that off, which I think is extremely irresponsible. But uh, if you do make meat with ginger, it will absolutely kill the COVID. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. I thought Corona, it's a virus, right? It's not a bacterial Antibi- Yeah, sorry, antivirus. So antibacterial would probably be counterintuitive because your gut bacteria are mm. so important to your yeah. immune function. Oh, God. God. John's getting honey everywhere. Honey? Mm. You're getting honey everywhere. <laughs> He's licking it off of his wrist like um, Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bother. <laughs> Rhodiola is not in here. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Rhodiola is pretty rare. Rhodiola is, I believe, a North American group. I could be wrong about that, too. But I believe that like a lot of your traditional herbal texts will not have it. It's the other thing, nice thing about the Costco honey is that it is always liquid at room temperature. And the spout is slightly smaller than this one. So you just plop it on. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I actually recall you doing that, too, now that you say that. Okay, like an, an Instagram video or picture of it. There's one more can of gin soda. Huzzah! Should we plug in the Halloween uh, lights? Sure. Halloween fire lights? Oh, folks, he's got a lemon. <laughs> too bad I didn't grow any rosemary. A lemon rosemary would be good. We have thyme from the garden. Lemon thyme. I'm actually going to use the lemon rind mm. to enhance the spices that we're going to put in. Ooh, it's going to be a spiced mead, folks. Mm-hmm. A spiced That's mead a... brewed almost at Samhain, like in the month of October, and then drunk when? Belting. Really? That's how long we should ferment it until belting? That's long. That's no, no, no. We, we won't uh, ferment it that long, but... Oh, we can it, rack it and then... Rack it and let it age in the bottles. So, yeah, I, I'm just going to use a bit of lemon rind um, because I, like, just adding that, that bit of citrus does help to uh, enhance, like I said, the spices that we put in. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult to use a fruit uh, in your making process. Uh, in one of two steps. You could do it before the form ferment, and then you get the taste of fermented fruit. Like if you've ever had a wine, you know what that is. <laughs> yeah, or a uh, cider. Or a cider, or yeah, 
any number of fermented fruits. Um, so it's not the same as the flavor of the fruit, but it, it's close, or it's like it's a different, it's a totally different characteristic. Uh-huh. Um, you could also add it after the fermentation. You could add it during the racking process, in which case, mm-hmm. in the same way that we're using alcohol to extract the aspects of these herbs, we you can get more of the sweetness, more of the actual flavor of the fruit. Oh, interesting. So then it's got a different name when it's made brewed with fruit, isn't it? Isn't mm-hmm. it called like a mint? Me- no. Mellow Man? Yeah, it's, it's called an... Something like that? <laughs> uh, it's called an insert name here. <laughs> okay. It's mel- It's like Mellow Man. Mellow Mel. Mellow Mel. Uh, mellow Mel. Yeah. See, I knew it. Mellow Mel. I think I'm going to wear this hat every day. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I've not danced for no reason this much in like so long. Although, I am not a fan of the, like, a lot of the quotations, cute witch Halloween decorations. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a real big fan. I don't know. I just find them kind of, like... Condescending? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially when it's like, this is our day, motherfucker. Why you gotta paper witch that crashed her broom into your door or whatever? This says lavender in the ingredients, not ginger. Oh, ingredients, honey, lavender. He just wants to be relaxed at the social gathering. He doesn't want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Isn't it too late? We already put the honey in. Well, the honey also sits at the bottom. Oh. It's heavier than water. Honey is thicker than water. Mm. Okay. Now, as... We're just about filled with our honey. I would like you. Me? To help with the flavor profile. What I'm going for is like a nice, like, spicy mead. Um, so we have that, like, pumpkin spice? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> My white girl. Mind you, you will be having this predominantly not in the official pumpkin spice season, but it could be nice to remind you of it. Typically, some of my favorite spices to add to me is allspice, cinnamon. I do actually, I've added anise a couple of times, and it was quite nice. Uh, black pepper is real good. Mm. Particularly, I guess, when I'm making the, the rodeo. It, Lemon well. and black pepper would be really good. Ooh, yeah. We can, uh, that can be our, our, some of our main ingredients. Do we have whole black peppers? Yes, we do. We also have a mixed pepper um, bag of like pink and red peppercorns. Oh, yeah. That was uh, also from a a mead. No, it wasn't. I bought it to make specific gin cocktails for a work function when I worked at the animal clinic still. Right. One of my coworkers, Lee Shan, shout out. (laughs) It was at her house. And then also Christine, also shout out, had this like really good bottle of gin. Mmm, right. John slicing the lemon skins off, you guys, in case there's like clack of the knife hitting the oh, thing. Oh, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the, it's one piece. Anyway, she had a good bottle of gin and she was like, 
you like gin, right, Maddie? I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she said to Li Shan, you like gin, right, Li Shan? She said, yes. And then she's like, okay, great. I'm going to share my special gin with you two because as gin drinkers, you'll appreciate it, basically, was her point. And so I had to make, I was like charged with turning the special gin into a delicious gin cocktail, for which I definitely tried way too hard and did too much research. Turned out good. Turned out great. Didn't I? Oh. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to try and design a cocktail and not ask my boyfriend who's been a bartender for like how many years to help me? You were my boyfriend then. You hadn't proposed uh, to me yet. I think I used orange peel and pink peppercorn and just like soda. That sounds right. That's a good. Uh, it was good, but I brought the bag of mixed pepper, and Lucian was like, "I have pepper." <laughs> like, I know it's dumb, but I want these pink ones specifically. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go, like, I'm filling the rider for some kind of crazy musician, and pick out only the pink peppercorns. Now, because we were using honey that was not uh, totally liquid, and I did have to heat it up, I do want to bring the temperature of our mead down a bit before, or I guess, not our mead, it has a different name when it's just honey and water, and that name is, insert name here. This already, it definitely isn't uh, it's definitely not too hot that it would actually like really hurt the yeast, but it might shock it a bit and that would kind of maybe kill some of it off and really just kind of slow down the uh, fermentation process. So instead, I'm going to pop it outside for a few minutes because we live in Canada and it's fucking cold. Not that we have to do it necessarily with this batch, but what do you think if we use this at some point? Yum. That's the garam masala I brought from India. That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. Kali's mead <laughs> or something. I like it. Her hair will never be bound. Uh, one fun thing is the jars that you use typically won't be, you won't get all the honey off them into the bottle. Next time, uh, just, just close it up. And in the morning when you're having your coffee, pour it in there for a nice little sweet treat. Or your tea. You can make or a nice cup of green tea in there. Ooh, yeah. That's what I usually do. That's the mixed pepper that I was talking about. Perky pepper. Mm. We can just use black pepper. I have just black pepper, too. No, I use just Well, we have ginger in there. Just because this has garlic. Oh, okay. But garlic and ginger are friends. It's okay. We don't need to put garlic in it. Juniper berries. <laughs> Now I'm getting excited. Every time I do a thing, I'm like, but what if we make this kind? What if we make that one? What if I do this 15 different ways? Oh, Helgen. I used to be sweet on a girl from here. She made a mead with juniper berries mixed in. That's just a little Easter egg for nerds like me. (laughs) Hey, you're finally awake. I really, I have a dream. I have a dream, John, of making some kind of a brewed liquor... Small batch, specialty, Sabbath-themed liquors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess the next one coming up is Yule. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I just drank that too quick. <laughs> so if we made a Yule mead, and we put, like, pine needles in it or whatever, 
But if we just made a mead for each Sabbath, and then, like, I don't know. Put it in the journal? Well, put it in the journal, I guess, yeah. I guess we'd have to, like, I don't know. Because the year is too long to wait to drink it, right? Or is that feasible? No, no, that's fine. So then if this year we made a Yule mead, and then we drank it next Yule. Yeah. In fact, if we took a gallon of what we're making right now, it would stay fine until next South. Right. That's one of the great things about uh, mead is that it is very, very sharp. Shelf stable. So even if you don't have it in your fridge, mm -hmm. if you have it just sitting out, then typically because honey itself is so so stable, so so stable, right? It won't turn to vinegar the same way that like if you're making beer or if you're making wine, that can can get away from you real quick. Right. So then, okay, if we make a Yule. Oh, let's say if we were making a Samhain one, themed. I mean, we're making it around Samhain right now, I guess. But if we were, like, purposefully making it Samhain themed, what would we put in it? <laughs> pumpkin? Can you put pumpkin in mead? You absolutely can put pumpkin in mead. Would you uh, just put, like, pumpkin slices? Or would you put pumpkin puree? How do you do it? You have to drink from the opposite side of the glass. Join us the hiccups. Just tell them that you need a break. You're really pleased with that? I'm not sorry. Fun tip. Um, if you get the hiccups from drinking your nice carbonated mead too fast, you can drink water from the opposite side of the glass. Somehow it works because the water like trickles down the back of your throat. Sister Luna says. Oh, you're so right. I'm <laughs> putting that at the end of the thing. I'm going to say it again or I can just clean yeah. it out maybe. <laughs> Yes. Oh yeah. Sorry. The pumpkin mead. I guess you could do puree, but when you're racking your mead, you get a whole big like mess of the oh, spent yeah. yeast at the bottom, and so if you have pumpkin puree in there, it'll be basically like a really gross pudding. Ew, <laughs> yeast pudding. A yeasty pumpkiny pudding. Gross. Um, and so like that. To me, doesn't sound great. No. So I would go with the slices. And the thing is, is that like, as long as the alcohol doesn't get too high, the yeast is just going to keep going. So it like doesn't, it helps them if your, your fruits or your vegetables or your sugar sources are really like mashed up, but it doesn't like, it'll just take them longer to get all of the. Right. Um, the fermentation. Of so if it has more surface area, that would be better. So if you cut it into chunks or smaller pieces, it would be better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But no, that would be probably pretty fun. I, I don't know. We might have to look into if someone's tried that um, using the actual like pumpkin to, to ferment because there can be some like weird shit that happens when you try to ferment certain things. But um, generally like any fruit, any vegetable can be done it's just that a lot of them are better at it right so then if we were going to make a i mean if me mm. a white girl who drinks starbucks sometimes yeah. is going to make a sour mead i might want to put pumpkin and like 
nutmeg and cinnamon and yeah. ginger. The only advisement that I would say is that you might be better off putting your pumpkin in after you ferment it. Oh, right. Because fermented fruit doesn't taste the same as the fruit yeah. when it's whole. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. So you could put the spices in at the beginning and then put the pumpkin in at the end. Exactly. I see. Okay, so our meat should be cooled off now. It's about a little warm once we put all the boiled stuff in it, but now it's about room temperature. First, before we start the fermentation process, we are going to add all of our flavor add-ins that we're adding at this point of the, the ferment. The process, the, the the process yeah. So the only, like, the big thing is, is anything that you are adding in right now is going to be reflected a lot more stronger in the final product than if you add it after the, the ferment, because the fermentation process itself is such, like, a strong chemical process that, like, it really just sucks in, like, everything around it. Right. Um, so that's why we're using the orange, or the lemon peels, because they do... They do still have sugar, but less sugar than the actual fruit part. Right. And we don't want the taste of fermented lemon in there. We want the taste of lemon. It's simply the zest. I feel like belt, I mean, it, make, it makes sense to have a lemon, pepper, like spicy drink. Definitely. I feel like yeah. Beltane is a pretty spicy festival. <laughs> so we added one lemon peel. We're going to add about six little stem cinnamon sticks. In fact, if we made it hot, like fire theme, that would be even better. Oh, we should yeah. put chili in it, can we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Get some chili. That Beltane bonfire burning. Because I think these are all like the cinnamon, the allspice, the black pepper. Those are all kind of like sour-y as well. Yeah. So we'll have both ends of the wheel represented. Now adding... Ground cloves. I would typically add whole cloves, but we don't have them at the moment. So. Which is very weird because I like to use whole cloves in any type of protection spells that I do. I find them very effective for this. I've used them with success multiple times. And I feel like part of the reason why they work so well for me for that is that when you look at them, it looks like a tiny mace. Like a mm, weapon. Like yeah. it looks like a little weapon. Yeah. It's just, All spiky. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, man. I got a pointy clove. Look out. Yeah. I got little tiny pixies. <laughs> we only need pointy cloves. <laughs> uh, I'm also adding ground allspice. Normally, again, I use the whole... I think we have whole allspice oh. somewhere. Yeah. I think if you dig, it's in there. Because I kept, I kept mistaking juniper and the allspice and like being like, oh, this is the ground allspice. Okay. I think it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I found the whole chili. Um, allspice, I typically just, like, I use the whole ones, but I mash them up a bit because it's got such a hard shell, but, but the ground is fine. Um, the only thing about this is that when we are wrapping it, we will use a filter because there's a lot of, mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that you don't necessarily want in your final product. I don't know how many you want to put in. I just tried to pick out the biggest, like, whole pieces. Well, we've got about 12 liters here, and so to... Let's do a bunch. Let's make it fun. Okay. We're adding whole dried red chilies right now, folks. I'm just cracking them a tiny bit as, as I put them in. How many is that? That's already like four. Yeah. That's a, like a lot. 
<laughs> That's maybe seven. Well, some like it hot. Like half a dozen, maybe. Mm. You're going to add a, a thing like that. That's something that you could do at the end of the process. Even after you've done your, your first rack, bottle it, you can do individual bottles with their own little flavor profile. Didn't you do that with essential oils before you were saying? I did, with Zoe, yeah. Yeah. Zoe would be like, let's get some essential oils on this. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, like, that is a very... Uh, good way to like experiment is to um do just a basic meat just do water honey yeast uh and then when you're bottling do a little experiment throw a couple flavors in there and, and see what happens we're not doing that we're uh no we're going the balls deep first push oh yeah we're going all in right at the beginning <laughs> that's what i should have said which is i mean i've made Probably a dozen meads in the, the past, so by no means am I an expert, but I've made enough to know what goes and what doesn't. You called yourself Brewmaster John at the start of this episode. So. Yeah, because you once you make twelve, then you're the master. Okay, I have this jar of water that I collected from the first snow, and it just came to me because it's snowing right now, and it reminded me of it. Oh. So when we make the Yule mead, yeah. we should add this, and then also. I have a different bottle of full moon water that we could add right now. Was that tap? Where'd the water come? Oh, it was tap water, I think. No? Uh, the reason, well... It's been sure. sitting there for yeah. like months. No, we can use it. Is it, it going to break it? You don't have to put it in if it's going to wreck it. No, that much won't, won't do much harm. Well, you don't no. have to put it all either. You could just put a little bit. Yeah, put some in. The reason why we don't use tap water in general is because city water has like a bit of chlorine fluoride in it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't the chlorine dissipate once it sits out for like? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. It's been sitting there for a while. Okay, so all of our spices are in. Aren't they? I think so. Okay. The pepper. Yeah, pepper. (laughs) You ask me. (laughs) You're the one that put it in there. Of course. Silly. I'm just remembering the thing about how, it, like, one of the reasons for the witch hat was maybe that the women were brewing and then the dudes were like, no, you can't do that, too. It's just reminding me of how many times in history that just kept happening. Like, if men hadn't had Christianity in their arsenal, where would they have gotten? How would they have enforced the patriarchy at all? <laughs> You know, there'd be, like, so many more women-owned businesses and things of that nature. Women in different types of fields, you know what I mean? If they couldn't be like, she's a demon! Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a topic for a whole different episode. Every episode is about that. <laughs> a little bit. It's a witch show. <laughs> it's not a contest. You're a feminist too, aren't you? I feel that that's too easy to You're like say. feminist Ryan Gosling. Okay, but like, not to get too on, onto this, but like, it's kind of been declawed. Like, if there are conservative feminists, or like if... Oh, I see what you're saying. You can be the Prime Minister of Canada and call yourself feminist, <laughs> like... Well, it just doesn't mean anything. Yeah, anymore. that's true. What about all those missing Indigenous women? Hey, Justin? Yeah, that's true. But I feel like the witch 
thing is having a moment right now because there is another, like, I don't know what number we're on now, but, mm-hmm. like, another resurgence of, like, feminist movement that's happening. And every time that happens, it's like, oh, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's empowering. Trump did get COVID on the full moon. Oops. I don't know. Did he? Wow. Yeah. So strange. I didn't <laughs> know that. I definitely wasn't involved. <laughs> Someone who's not me yeah. <laughs> could use the power of the full moon to hex some motherfuckers. Back to mead making. Right now we are adding a peptic enzyme, which is... Sarkwa. It's, uh, it's basically the, like, the, the meat and potatoes and veggies for our yeast. Because the yeast gets in there and it just wants to zonk itself out on sugar. It's gonna like just keep going for it. And it's the pizza that you force your children to eat before you let them go trick or treating. Pizza? Is that healthy? But it's like you make them eat okay. something that's not sugar, is what yeah, I'm saying. Something that might have a vitamin in it. Oh. Okay, then not well, I guess it depends on the type of pizza. It could be like an asparagus. Certainly got vitamin C. That's true. It has a lot of tomatoes in it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, once the yeast gets in there, it's going to basically eat sugar and poop out alcohol. <laughs> Good for job, yeast. <laughs> as long as it can, which means it basically keeps making alcohol until it, the potion becomes so alcoholic that the yeast kills itself. <laughs> drinks itself to death. Yeah. Sacrificial little alcoholic. But the enzyme helps it to not just continue to like crash on sugar. It helps it to just kind of keep going. Okay. Yes. Now I get it more. It's yeah. like it's it's when you stop drinking vodka to eat some pierogies. Yes. And then you can drink more vodka. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> That's the Ukrainian I'm glad, I'm glad, yeah, we can translate to that <laughs> to Ukrainian. Our concoction now has honey, water, pectic enzyme, and all of our flavorings. The lemon, the allspice, the black pepper, the chili peppers, the cinnamon. Cloves. Cloves. Case cloves. Once we put the yeast in, we don't really want to agitate it at all. It's good to just let it sit. Just let it be the way it is. So this is the one and only time where you can really kind of mix things up and and make sure that it's all kind of like... Right. You don't want to try and bounce the drunk yeast because it'll get mad. Yeah. You just let it melt in that bar stool until it's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you don't have to do much. Just... Rock it like a little baby. Yeah, Joan is literally rocking this like a very overweight baby. <laughs> it's all hyped up on sugar, too. Not yet. Well, the yeast isn't even in there yet, so. Yeah. So it's all ready, and we are about to make life. Not in the way that our parents would like us to. <laughs> when you're making mead, you can really use any type of yeast that you want. John's fancy. Didn't he, when he taught me, said basically you can just let, like, your mixture of honey water and sit out and then a wild yeast will pop in and it'll start to ferment it and just all on its own. Just put an open sign on the bar and wait for someone to walk in. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeast, got some honey over here for you. 
first one's free. It's kind of, it's, it's luring them in with sugar, so they'll give you alcohol, which is like, it's, it's, it's all mixed up, yeah. yeah. It's not really, yeah, bad analogy. I use, and many of the people that I know who make mead use Lalvin EC1118, which is a, a brewer's yeast that is typically used for champagnes. That's why I said you were fancy, because I knew it was champagne yeast. Oh, you knew it was. Okay. The reason for this is that it is a very hardy yeast that will basically brew your mead up to pretty strong levels, typically around 18%. If uh, you want to know uh, like the actual um, percentage of your alcohol, and you um, want to know how you do the math, then you're a nerd, and <laughs> I don't know, and I cannot help you. John's so fancy, you already know, he can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't typically need very much, like generally about a half pack that does it, and you are supposed to rehydrate it before use, but you, you don't need to. Get it wet before you use it. Mm-hmm. So which is good, well. yeah, good good <laughs> guideline in general. We'll do about a half pack. Which be plenty for this size. <laughs> John just made a face at the bag of yeast and then poured the whole thing in. Well, so. I was already pretty much there. I let it pour too long, so... Mm. This will go quicker. Now that it's in, sorry, you can agitate it once more just to get it under the surface of the water, get it closer to your sugar. Rock the baby, rock the baby. Okay. We're creating life right now, you guys. What? What is its name? Mead or win. I was going to say, let's have a gender reveal party and burn down the entire forest. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, this, this means not binary. How do you know? You have to let it tell you. It's not fermenting yet. It can't speak. It's yeah, non-verbal. It doesn't know yet. Just let it live its life. Now, the only issue with the Costco bottles of water as your fermenter is that it is not a standard size for a fermenting jug. So you can get one that's close, but typically you got to kind of push it and then... John's using a hammer. <laughs> To get his, what is that thing called? This rubbery situation? I believe a rubber cork. Okay, so John's using a hammer to, with a nail magnetized onto it. John's using a hammer to push the rubber cork into the jug because it doesn't fit. Oh, and he's making it fit. He just whacked, it was like in, and then he whacked it with the hammer and it went flying out. So yeah, the hammer was probably bad. Bad plan? Bad move. A little too much. When you're trying to make something that's really just too big and girthy fit into a space, you really don't want to just like hammer it in there. You need to take your time. I don't see anywhere else that would fly, but good advice nonetheless. Quick side note, when I made my first mead, which was before you and I were even friends, I think. Yeah. Like, before we even met. I was making mead for my little brother, as, again, a reference Juniper Betty's mm. mixed in. 
I was way too poor to buy literally anything <laughs> to make that. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like, I bought honey and, like, a milk jug of distilled yeah. water, and that's it. Right. And I guess I bought some bulk juniper berries probably at the Whole Foods, which is where I worked at the time. Yeah. And so I used a balloon and, like, some saran wrap around and, like, tape. And I, the balloon was the airlock, and then when the balloon was, like, standing up, it was telling me that it was fermenting, and I had to, every once in a while, like, burp it. So oh, it wow. Explode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to explain what that means it's is... It's solution. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> once you start your ferment, the... The two byproducts of the chemical process of the yeast is uh, alcohol and CO2. Is that the gas that it makes? Yeah. Yeah. And so the the gas, the alcohol is going to stay in there. That's what you want at the end. But the gas needs to escape. And so um, we use a vapor lock and a rubber cork. Uh, so that air can get out, but it can't get in. And you can't get foreign yeast coming in. You can't get things that will, will infect your brood. Now, Maddie came up with a very clever solution <laughs> using a balloon. But this whole setup, including the yeast, costs about four bucks. So this is a very accessible hobby um, <laughs> if you are interested and you don't need to burp it with a balloon but if you want to you can every dollar counted at that time you don't understand i, yeah. I was like on the verge of becoming a cam girl just to feed myself <laughs> <laughs> like the balloon was a much more affordable solution because i already owned it i didn't have to even go and buy a dollar store bag of balloons uh i know <laughs> someone who like dumpster dives for like old bananas to yeah ferment yeah. make their booze with that was almost me and that's, oh, like rotting fruit, great to use to, to make alcohol. Right. I might have, I might have stolen the honey now that I think about it. I'm not Smart. sure. Yeah. I don't fully remember, but it seems possible. <laughs> honey is by far the most expensive thing to get in this, this whole setup. Yeah. But yeah, we have now started a ferment. And Indeed. Um, so the process from here is within the next week, we should start to see it burping. Um, and if you're using a vapor lock, that'll be like your little... Whoa, it just did it. Wow, it's already started. It's listening to you. He said, you'll see it burping. And yeah. he was about to describe that you'll see a bubble coming up. And then it the, the vapor lock did the thing. Yeah. Um, you'll see bubbles coming up. You'll, when it really gets going, you'll see this thing like going like, bloop, 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 bloop. And the way I kind of monitor it is, you know, you can check it out when it's doing the little bloop, bloop, bloops. But when it gets down to about a bloop every minute or so, that means you're ending the, you're heading towards the end of the process. Mm. And that is the good time to do a, a first rack, or even before that, if you're still using the vapor lock, move it into a different bottle. That way it, you're getting away from the dead yeast because that 
itself has a flavor that will start to get into the flavor profile of your mead. Racking itself is if you've ever siphoned gas or know how to do it or siphoned anything. You can get a, a machine to do it, but basically I stick hose in there and then... Clear uh, hose my, is useful instead yes, of Yes, clear hose for sure. Yeah. Yeah, put the your, your first bottle up high, stick the hose in there, siphon, pour it into the next bottle or bottles, and try to keep it... Try not to agitate it. Try to keep all the, the dead yeast at the bottom. And then you can drink that too. You can drink dead yeast. It's good for you. It's not I feel like taste you and great. I have both pounded a couple of cups of that back before. Oh yeah, the no. dredges mead. Yeah, doesn't it taste t- perfect, but yeah, it's, it'd still be nice. Rack it as much as you like. Uh, it's only going to get clearer and clearer as you um, separate like the good meat from the, the cloudy meat. Right. I think we should make this a continuous thing, like next, because we do brew a couple times a year, usually at least. Yeah, so, last year was the only one. Yeah, so we should keep doing it. Remember we made the dandelion wine? Yeah. That was the shit. Okay. This is part one of a 69-part series <laughs> about brewing. 420-part series. <laughs> hmm. When we made the dandelion wine, though, that was funny. That's a really funny story. Yes. Yes. For a different episode. Will the podcast still be going by the time there's new dandelions? Yes. Okay. Promise. Yeah, but for now, we are going to put this in a cold, dark place. And we'll uh, we'll check back on it in a future episode. Anything to add? Anything about witching... Well, some things that occurred to me was that, first of all, when I next saw Denis, after we were dating, he, we like told him the story of how we started dating. And then he said, because I told him that you had brought me mead in exchange for a tarot card reading. And that kind of like, that was the start, basically. Mm -hmm. And then Denis was like, Oh, yeah, it's because of the mead. Mead is very, like, sexual. <laughs> like, the bees and the honey. And I was just like, okay, man. <laughs> but he basically, like, gave all the credit for us getting together to the mead. <laughs> Which, because he taught me, it, he's basically like... Oh, he's trying to take credit for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Just one of the most sensuous beverages that you could ever make. But, I mean, if you think about it, pollination is plants fucking. Oh, yeah. It's plants having sex. And honey is the product of that. So, I kind of see where he's coming from. I mean, it's a bit insane to pretend that super charming and I (laughs) flirt really well and put my line out there and reel you in Hmm. like the big fish that you are. But, um, yeah. Honey, mead, I feel like there's a lot of potential magical symbolism in there. Like, if you wanted to make, really intentionally make, say, a love potion, mm-hmm. you could make a mead. Easy. Make it oh, neat. You know, yeah. put some rose in there. You know, make it, like, nice. Depending on what kind of love you want. You know, mm-hmm. you want a long-lasting love, 
then you're adding something else, something earthier, something more rooted. Maybe you do add ginger. If you're wanting a hot affair of some kind, like a real sexy, spicy love connection, then add some chilies. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying because we added all of that. <laughs> we didn't add rose, but yeah. Let's let's go through. Water, honey, yeast, cloves, allspice, cinnamon, rhodiola, ginger. Red pepper, chili. And chili pepper. What we created here was love potion number nine. <laughs> A lot of the herbs you listed, now that you lay them out like that, are protection herbs, actually. Pepper, clove, cinnamon, oh, yeah. chili. Yeah. Well, We're protecting our love. Our, <laughs> our first uh, creation in our new home. So Aww. maybe it'll have that effect. Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, also we could um, infuse some like Reiki into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Flesh Fates almost its own episode. If you don't know what Reiki is, I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point. I am a certified level three Reiki master. I hate that word, but that's the technically name of it. Maestro. Sure. <laughs> Reiki Maestro. Or mean or otherwise, just hug the Costco jug of mead and think happy thoughts. If you want someone to just need you so badly, make a love potion. It to him. I want you to want me. I need you to meet me. It's nice to meet you. I'm sorry, you guys. That was a <laughs> lot of bad mead puns in a row. It's okay, honey. We're just being ourselves. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, if you were buzzed about this episode, then Paul and all your friends and. You're a crazy maniac. <laughs> <laughs> the puns over here. Do you think people are going to ups- get upset and then they'll start to booze? In my head, it was for meant to be better. John Honeyborn says. <laughs> if you get hiccups from drinking your bubbly mead, then try this little trick. Take a glass and drink from the opposite side. And then hopefully it'll do that. Get rid of them, that is. We did it in this episode, and hopefully you did not even notice. Except for the part where I described it. Thanks for listening!